Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday, February 16th edition of the MMA OB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, and I'm joined by my co-host here on Tuesday mornings, Mr. Cole Shelton. Cole, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, crazy card in the weekend, obviously. We've got another one this weekend, Cole. Uh, 15 fights to preview, so it's going to be a, a hell of a breakdown show today. We're here for a full hour with you guys, so it's going to be fun. Um, I didn't get you on yesterday, Cole, because I had Marcel obviously doing the recap. Is there anything you wanted to talk about for UFC 258? Obviously, it was a pretty nuts card, great main event. Uh, anything that was a, a talking point for you coming out of the card? Just Usman, man. Like, he's becoming this dominant champ where he's running out of options. Like, I saw some people – the only thing I want to mention is I saw some people saying, like, oh, Leon Edwards get the shot. Leon Edwards does not get a title shot. The guys in fought this July of 2019, like – I don't get how you think he, he can Nate Diaz fought like more recent than Leon Edwards. Like that's what's crazy. And everyone's like, oh, but yeah, like I'd rather see the I know I don't really care for the Mazel very much, but I'd rather see the Maws at all, Covington, Wonder Boy. Like I'd rather see all those fights for Leon Edwards because he hasn't fought since July of twenty nineteen. I actually wrote an article for MA ratings, probably come out today, hopefully. And I put five there's five options I wrote down uh, Cole for Usman. And the first two were actually rematches. Because those seem like the most exciting fights were right now. Masvidal, yeah. Covington, and Edwards. Everyone keeps forgetting Edwards is a rematch. He beat him six years ago. Mm-hmm. I was looking into that fight the other day. It was a close fight. It was 29-28. Close, but he won that fight. So, yeah, I'm with you, Cole. I mean, I, I did make that comment yesterday, but Edwards, it's just because of timing. Right now, Edwards doesn't have a fight. Usman needs a fight. That's what I was saying. But I'm with you. I mean, he hasn't fought in almost two years, man. He needs to get a fight and, and just get some – some ring time, Cole. Like, you can't fight, not fight for two years, come back, unless you're GSP and, and win the belt. It's very difficult to. So, I'm 100% with you. Tyler's here with us. Hey, Tyler. Good morning, man. Anything else from the card, Cole? I mean, it was a pretty, it was a pretty good card. Uh, GSP came out yesterday. Yeah. GSP, GSP did an interview with my boy, JD Bunkus at Fan590. He tipped me off Sunday night. He's like, yo, I'm talking to GSP in the morning. Uh, you want to do this article? I was like, yeah, I do. So, I, Cole, I literally listened to it on the radio and transcribed. I did not. I was not able to go back and listen to any anything, but I got I got everything, man. So I banged it up. I was happy about that. I know the article did really well too. Basically, GSP said he's not interested in Usman. He's not motivated by him. But it's not because Usman necessarily himself, uh, himself being a bad fighter or anything. GSP spent the whole interview praising him, saying like this guy's an amazing fence wrestler. Like he's got a great jab. The problem is, Cole, and I agree with GSP completely. He's like, why would they like up, uproot my family, move my coaching staff to another country? where there's no COVID-19 travel restrictions so I could train for this camp only to fight a guy who's like seven years younger than me that might beat me. Like, there's no benefit to it, Cole. Uh, I, I think you'd agree with that too. Even though I, I'd like to see that fight just because I think it would determine the greatest welterweight of all time. If I'm if I'm GSP, I'm not coming back to fight you. Yeah. You too, right? You agree? Yeah. yeah just, uh, the only fight I see GSP coming back for is Habib. Yes. You know, actually, he did talk about that in an interview, Cole. He said, basically, like, it's been two years since we talked about Habib with the UFC. And at the time, I was interested. The UFC wasn't interested. Now they're the ones interested, and I'm not interested. So it's like, I think they're, they're – Cole, I do think after COVID, there's a possibility they could, like, come together financially for that fight. But right now, I don't see it happening. Jamie Gibby here is here with us. Hey, how's it going, Jamie? Morning, Adam and Cole. How's it going, man? Okay, so we obviously have a crazy card to talk about this weekend, guys. UFC, uh, Finite Blades, and Lewis. Cole – Give me your thoughts on this card while I set it up here. Yeah, obviously not the best card. Obviously, the main event's really good. The co-main event, I think they could have done a few other fights. Like, Kevin Vieira, Yannick and Sky, I don't really expect that to be an entertaining fight. Like, I don't know why you wouldn't have done, like, one of the heavyweight fights, like Olenek Dawkins or Orlovsky Aspinall, just because there's a good chance there's a finish there. 
or even put like uh Phil Hawes and uh Imovov in that spot. Like, I think one of those guys ever wins that's gonna get a big push, so I don't really understand it, but it's an okay card. Like, there's definitely been better fight nights. I think these next two fight nights are on the weaker end of it, just all building up to 259 because, like, I still don't understand why the UFC had to stack it that much where you could have just spread some of those prelim fights onto 258 and onto these cards. I'm with you. I, I actually don't mind this card, though. Like, I did a lot of deep, deep digging last night. I stayed up all night, guys. Like, I barely slept. I was just all night looking at these newcomers. There's a lot of newcomers in this card, and I was really digging into them. So we'll get into this card. I do want to take uh, Drake's question. Our boy Drake Riggs is in the chat. This is one of the most underrated journalists right now covering MMA, guys. What's up, dudes? Zeus never surpasses GSP's title defense record as he retired before then. I go up the ladder assuming he keeps winning or doesn't get baited into the super fights. And he says how dare you call those are legit, I guess, bantamweights. <laughs> um, great question, Drake. I don't think so, man. That's a lot of title defenses. You know, he started late. Actually, that was G- what GSP was saying. He's like, like GSP retired now. When where Usman is right now in his career, that's where GSP retired the first time after he fought Hendricks. So Whatever Usman does from here on out in welterweight, GSP never had that opportunity because he stepped away from the sport after he uh, well, he beat Johnny Hendricks, but I don't think many of us thought he won that fight. So to answer your question, Drake, I think it's I think he's, he either has nine or, or 11. I think it's nine, actually. So he's going to need six more or seven to be, break it. I got to be honest, Cole, I don't see that happening, man. That's a lot of title defenses. There's a lot of tough fighters he's going to have to go through. What do you think? I think Usman doesn't even fight that six more times. You think he goes to middleweight? No, I think he retires. This guy's okay. talked about his knees being shot, like his back being shot. Like it's a struggle for him to get up in the morning to even go train. Like I think eventually his body's just going to break down. He's like, his body is already breaking down. Like G- that Joe Rogan interview from like two years ago, he already said like he's contemplating retirement because his knees are shot. His back is shot. Like he does, can't do anything with his daughters. Like I think eventually he's just going to realize like his body physically can't do it anymore. Yeah. But I mean, right now, Cole, at, at the height of his game, you know, Burns making a ton of money doing it. I don't, I don't think he's going to step away anytime soon. But to answer Drake's question, I just, Drake, I can't see him breaking GSP's record. Like, I feel, feel like that's a tough record to break. I think someone could do it. The problem is, Usman started fighting the UFC when he was, what, 27? That's a little bit later than a lot of guys, you know? I'm not saying that's old, but it, compared to a lot of guys. Anyways, you guys, uh, during the, the show, feel free to give your comments and picks for these fights in the chat and uh, any other questions we'll answer them throughout the show. Okay, so let's start with the uh, first fight in the card here, Cole. And it is a short notice boat between Rafael Alves and Pat Sabatini, who is filling in for Mike Trezano. And uh, right now the odds have Alves minus 190, Sabatini plus 165. And I give a shout out to Best Fight Odds. They updated their website. It looks really good, Cole. A lot more uh, different mm-hmm. odds uh, they're available to look at. So give me your pick in this fight, Cole. Yeah, it's something interesting. I've, I had a hard time picking this one just because I'm not really too high on either guy. Like, I think Alves, I picked against on the contender series. That was obviously good win against Alejandro Flores, but I still have a lot of question marks. Pat Sabatini, I think this was a full camp. I'd pick Pat Sabatini, but him just coming on short notice, I have to go with Alves. I just kind of worry what Sabatini's cardio is like. I wouldn't be surprised if Sabatini can get him out of there. He's really slick on the ground, some real good knockout powers. They're both very similar styles where they're both jujitsu guys at heart or just want to get down to the ground, but they both have some dog power on the feet. But I'll pick Alves. I just think his cardio is going to be the difference because I do worry about what Sabatini's cardio is like taking this fight on, like, what, six, seven days' notice? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I looked for tape on both guys. There's not a ton out there. Uh, Sabatini, I think, has some fights on Fight Pass, but Alves, like, his recent fights are difficult to find. You could find his fights from a few years ago, but I, you know, I wonder how much he's changed since then. 
Overall, though, I mean, I liked what I saw from Alves. Uh, we saw him at Contender Series. The guy's he's pretty well-rounded, and he's got a good submission game. He's not afraid to go to the ground to anyone. I think he's a little bit more well-rounded than Sabatini, who I believe is basically a BJJ expert, and he's very good in the ground. We've seen that. Um, you look at Sabatini, he's a very physically strong guy. A lot of finishes on the mat. I, I just feel like Alves is going to be able to match him on the ground, though. So I, I feel like you know both these guys, their grappling kind of cancels out each other and uh, just turns into who's the more well-rounded fighter. I believe it's Alves from what I've seen. But, you know, it's hard. It's a tough guy to trust. Like, he's got a lot of losses in his career, mm -hmm. especially early in his career. He's, he's turned it up lately. He's on a five-fight win streak. But a lot of losses, cool. And uh, quite frankly, minus 190 and a guy that has never even fought in the UFC, this is just a pass for me. I'm going to pick Ralphie Alves. I'm going to try looking for more tape on Sabatini. I look. There wasn't, like I said, a ton. I'll look again. I mean, like I, what I saw, it was a good ground game. I'd like to see his striking a little bit more, though. I don't know enough about it uh, to say he can pull off this upset. So my pick's going to be Alves. I guess by decision here, Cole, but I mean, it's just not a fight I'm, I'm interested in betting at all. I'm going to go and look at this one. Uh, RT, hey, Art, how's it going? He says, Sabatini's never shown any cardio issues before. Alves slows down after round one. Yeah, I, that's not uh, you no know, bad bad comment either. I think that's definitely something to keep in mind. Again, you know, I, I just don't have a ton of interest in betting this fight. Mm -hmm. There just isn't enough information for me, Cole. You know, um, I, I don't know. Like, they're both okay prospects, I guess. They do have good jujitsu, but I don't know if they're UFC caliber fighters yet. I'd like to see that after this fight. All right, next up, we have heavyweight bout between Sergey Spivak and Jared Vendera. We did talk about this fight a few months ago, Cole. Um, I'm curious to see if your thoughts have changed, because actually might have. Uh, so right now we have Spivak and Vendera. Spivak is a big favorite, minus 240. Vendera plus 200. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? Yeah, same as it was before. I like Sergey Spivak here. I'm just not too impressed with Jared Vendera. I think he gets hit a lot. I think his cardio is a lot to be desired with Sergey Spivak. Like, I think he's just one of those grinders where he has the ability to just grind Vendera up against the cage and on the feet. I don't really know if Vendera has that knock power to knock him out. Spivak just only been knocked out two tied to Ivasa, and that was just UFC debut. Like, it was kind of a weird fight. Like, he just, I don't really know how prepared he was for that. And then he's fought some hard hitters before. And I think what's really changed is obviously. He has struggled against fellow wrestlers like Marcy Tybura, but I just think he's the better wrestler than what Vandera is. I think he can just kind of clinch him up, similar to what he did against Carlos Felipe. I think this is Sergei Spivak probably by decision. I Vandera's a tough guy to finish. Like He has been smitten before, so I wouldn't be surprised if Spivak can't come down and go and smit him, but I'll pick Spivak by decision. Yeah, this is a tough fight to call. I mean, honestly, a lot of these, there's four heavyweight fights in this card. I think you could definitely bet on the dog in either of these, any of these fights, quite frankly. Like, you could do a round robin where you just need two of them to hit and you're going to make a good profit. So I think that's a possibility to look at for these heavyweight fights. We have three more to talk about. But obviously, each fight is different. This fight, particular, Cole, the last time we did this podcast, I did pick Vandera. And I still think the line is too high in the spot. Like, I can't play him at minus 240. It's a heavyweight fight between two guys that are not even top 15. We all know that you take the dog in that situation. Having said that, I spent a lot of time watching tape on this Vandera guy last night. I'm not impressed at all with this guy, man. I got to be honest. Like, he does have some finishing ability. There's no doubt about it. And he is pretty strong against the cage. But I saw him get taken down a lot. He has no problem playing on the ground. So Spivak is a takedown machine. He's actually very good with his wrestling, underrated with his wrestling. I believe he gets takedowns pretty easily. I think Vandera lets him get the fight to the ground, too. So... I think the fight uh, is just going to be Spivak basically laying and praying and probably winning a like decision after the 15 minutes. I don't know if I see a finisher. I think if there's a finish, it'll probably be Vandera actually finishing Spivak, maybe against the fence with elbows or something like that. Because I'm pretty sure Spivak's going to go right across, push him against the cage, and try to get this fight to the ground. 
I watched Zandera, like he is talented at, at times, but he just makes so many mistakes. Like I'll give you guys an example. He fought this guy, Richard Odoms, a few years ago. Richard Odoms, who was – he's really old now. I got to double check his age. He's 45, so he's 41 years old when he fought him. He's actually a good heavyweight regional scene guy. I was watching that fight. He got taken down in the fifth round, thrown to the mat, and commurred with like two minutes left in the fifth round. I've never seen it happen before. So that worries me. Again, the fights in the EFC were not super impressive. The fights in LFA were not too impressive. Quite frankly, the fight against Harry Huntsucker was not that impressive. He did finish him, Cole. I wasn't impressed. There's just not – there's not much – there's not a ton to like about this guy aside from his pure strength and power. The skills, I don't I don't know, Cole. From what I saw, I didn't like it. So I'm going to pick Spivak. But, again, minus 240, I'm not interested, guys. If you guys have any thoughts on that fight, I'd love to hear them because, uh, again, Vendera, I, I wanted to like him, Cole, but watching the tape, there's just too many holes in this guy's game, man. There really is. Hey, Alex, says uh, under 1.5 rounds, possibly. But I feel like Spivak can lay and pray, Cole. What are you thinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he just wins the decision. I think you look at his fights more often than not, he's going the distance. Like the Felipe fight, very similar yeah. to that? Yeah. Babel fan, <laughs> Marcel, just came to uh, Here to say I disagree with Cole. So, yeah, I mean, it's it, listen, guys, like, I wouldn't lay this kind of juice on an unproven guy like Spivak, who's very inconsistent, but, you know, Fendera, I don't know if there's value as a dog, quite frankly. We'll see. All right, next up, Cole, we got a bandwidth bump between Eamon Zahabi and Draco Rodriguez. Right now, Rodriguez minus 170, Zahabi, the Canadian, plus 150. Who's your pick? I really like Traco Rodriguez here. I think the minus 170 is a really good line. Like I think he should be easily be above 2-1. to one. I'm not just impressed with Eamon Zahabi at all. I think he gets a lot of respect for Bennett because of the last name. I think he's still in the UFC because of the last name. Like His last two fights, he got knocked out against Ricardo Hamos in 2017, then took two years off, comes back against Vince Morales, which I don't think Vince, Vince Morales to me is at the bottom of the UFC bandweight like, rankings. If they were to rank every single fighter, he'd be right near the bottom. And And to lose that fight, I think that's a fight Zahabi should win if he's going to be anything in the UFC. And Draco Rodriguez is a guy that was supposed to be in the UFC a long time ago, but King of the Cage wouldn't let him out of his contract. Only lost to Tony Gravely, a fifth-round TKO. Like He has experience going into the championship rounds because he was a there. Uh, he fought for their uh, bantamweight title. I think he – no, he didn't. He never won it because he just ended up going on the contender series. But – I think Dreg Rodriguez is better. Everybody, I think he's better on the feet. I think on the ground, he's a lot better where maybe he can go and submit uh, a hobby. But I, Zahabi's ground game is pretty good. But I think Dreg Rodriguez, this is a fight where he can't get the finish probably by like ground and pound knockout. Yeah, I, I like Draco in this fight too, guys. Uh, Tyler also likes him. So one of his biggest locks. I hate that word, bro. You scare me when yeah. you say that word. Don't say lock, bro. <laughs> there is no lock of the night. I'll tell you that right now. My boy, lock, he's having some struggles with his own lock of the night lately. Um, I like Rodriguez here, Cole. I wrote down some notes. There's a, there's a few reasons I really like him. First off, the age, Cole, 33 to 24. That's a big advantage for Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Also, he's been way more active lately. He fought last summer. on like, Terry series looked great. Finished the guy in the first round. Zahabi hasn't fought in two years, Cole. Not only that, Cole, I'm looking at Zahabi's record. I'm like, okay, like he lost this fight. He lost this fight. I'm like, who's Reginaldo Vieira? Like, I don't even remember that guy. The, the one guy he beat in the UFC, Cole, I don't even know who that guy is. I can't remember who he is. So it's like, that's his only win. The other two fights, he struggled a little bit. The Ramos fight, he looked okay, then got KO'd brutally. That was on the GSP card. And then the other fight, he lost to Morales, I believe. You know, the guy is going to have good coaching. I think he's going to come in with a good game plan. He's probably going to try for like a, a point fighting game plan. That's what a lot of the fighters that try to start to do. I don't think it's going to work with this guy. Draco, not only does he have a lot of fights already as a pro Cole, he had a lot of amateur fights too. He's ready to go. 
he has he had so many fights as an amateur, um, 13 0 as an amateur with 10 wins by stoppage. And now he's got, I think, eight fights as a pro. The one loss he's had in his career is Tony Gravely in the fifth round. That's it. Other than that, Cole, he finishes almost everyone. So Hobby is pretty durable. I don't know if he, Draco finishes necessarily, Cole. I really like him here. I mean, just, just every advantage of this guy in this fight. I don't know how Zahabi beats him. You know, I was on another podcast yesterday, and, and the guy likes Zahabi a little bit. I just – and I like to I, – I really like that guy, and I think his uh, his takes are, are good. So I was kind of, like, thinking, like, what does he like about him here? And I looked into it. Just, just to me, there's not much to like, you know. But we'll see. I like Draco, though, Cole. And I'm with Tyler. I think he's – you know, he's definitely a, a guy on the short list for a bet. I think at minus 170, that's good odds. Cole, I think he should be minus two fifty. Like quite that's what I said. I think I think he should be well above two hundred. Yeah, I'm with Cole on that one too. Uh, here's Ard in the last fight. He says Vendera used the Homer Simpson defense hits hard. Nothing good about him. I mean, the guy's got some okay grappling chops, but in general, man, like he's he's not that well rounded, bro. Honestly, from what I saw, but I could be completely wrong too. I mean, and we know that tape changes. Guys get better in the gym. We know that. All right. So next up, Cole, we got featherweights. Chas Kelly, Jamal Emmers. Right now we have Emmer's minus two forty, Skelly plus two hundred. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, this is an interesting fight. I'm glad to see Chaz Skelly get back in there. Um, I have to go with Jamal Emmer's, so though. I'm just a bit more impressed with him. Chaz Skelly, he's been kind of hit and miss in the UFC. Like I think the Jason Knight fight, that's a fight he probably should win. The Bobby Moffat, that whole controversy, I don't really put much stock into that. And then the win over Jordan Griffin, I'm not too high with Jordan Griffin, but like he does have a submission win over Chris Gertzmacher, which is okay. Like he. I think when he really gets those stepped up in competition, he kind of loses like uh, Darren Elkins and Mursad Bekdick. Even I guess Jason Knight's probably a step up to some of the guys he's been fighting. Jamal Amers, I just, I've been really impressed with this guy. Like I, the split decision against Giga Chigadazi, that was a fight. I think he took on short notice or Giga took on short notice, but totally different style from what he's supposed to fight. But, and he did pretty good in that fight. Some people thought he even won that fight. And then he really showed off <clears throat> his striking and wrestling against uh, Cachoeira. I think he has uh, the capability to maybe go out there and submit or ground pound Chas Kelly. We've seen him be finished before, but I really like Jamal Emmers in this fight. I like Emmers too, man. Uh, you know, he's a guy that I think you could play as chalk. I'm way more confident in him than I am in Vendera or uh, Spivak, who's the same price against Vendera. I would much rather lay minus 240 on uh, Emmers. You guys know I'm trying to stay away from these guys in the minus 200 range. I feel like they're losing a lot this year. So. You know, it's a little scary because just because of that, what's been going on. But I really like him in this matchup. Um, I just feel like Emmer's first off, he's got 100% take on defense, so he's never been taken down in UFC or contender series, which I love. So the fight's going to take place on the feet. Chaskell is so sloppy on the feet. He's like he keeps his chin in the air. He's got his hands down. He's got that awkward style. Like he can hit you at times, but he's a guy that wants to take you to the ground. Cole, he wants to go to the ground. His submissions are amazing. He has he's averaging over four submission attempts per fifteen. So like he's one of the higher like submission guys in this division. But having said that, Cole, I mean he's been finished before. We've seen him get finished. He's also a, the older guy here at four years, thirty five to thirty one. Um, two inch reach disadvantage. I don't like that either. Uh, and quite frankly, you know I don't think his takedowns are good enough to get Embers to the ground. Embers has not been taken down. I don't see it happening here. Um, and I don't think he's going to choose to go to the ground. We saw that fight the last one, Cole Embers uh, had. Looked amazing. And quite frankly, I thought he beat Jiga too. I think a lot of us thought he beat Jiga. It's funny because people thought Jiga sucked then. They thought yeah. he sucked. And they were like, Jiga sucks. Emmers is going to win. Now everyone's like, oh, Emmers sucks. Jiga's amazing. Emmers is good. He wa- he should have won that fight. I think he'll win this fight. Give me Emmers. Decision or knock Okoye? I think he can knock Chas Kelly out quite no, I think I think he can too. Yeah. I like Chas. When was the last time he fought? It's been a while, right? Like it's 
He doesn't fight that often. What once a year maybe? Like, what was it? The, the Milwaukee card and or no, the Vancouver card in 2019. It's been a while. It's been a while. I like the guy. He seems like a cool dude, but I just don't like the matchup for him. Daniel says uh, Skelly won't trouble him the same way. Chikachi and Rosa did. Rosa did knock him out with a head kick. That freaking concerns me because we'll talk about Rosa in a few minutes, but that does concern me a little bit. But still, I like Embers. I don't think Skelly has the power to hurt him. Balfan, leave Cole alone. He wants to experiment with EPL. It's his business. Cole's taking some drugs. Get through the podcast. All right, Cole, next up, Shayna Dobson versus Casey O'Neill. Women's flyweight boat. I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this one. Casey O'Neill minus 145, Dobson plus 125. Who's your pick? I, I like Casey O'Neill in this fight. I know Shayna Dobson just coming off that massive upset win, but I'm really high on Casey O'Neill. Like, you don't really see many 5-0 and fighters get to the UFC, but this is someone I think the UFC has a lot of hope for. She has looked very impressive. Uh, works in Tiger Muay Thai. Like, her striking is really good. And Shayna Dobson, her last fight, <clears throat> although she did beat Agapola, like, <clears throat> that was more to be just... Agapova gassing out. Like, Agapova dominated that first round. She just gassed herself out. This is someone that got knocked out by Priscilla Cachoeira in 40 seconds. Spina Mazo, Lauren Mueller, like, dominator. I'm not really too high on Lauren Mueller. I think people... I think this line would have been a lot higher had Agapova not gassed herself out. Like, I think Casey O'Neill should easily be a minus 200 favorite here against Shayna Dobson. I think her striking is a lot better. I think this fight is just going to stay standing. I think O'Neill might actually be able to knock out Shayna Dobson in this fight. Wow. Man, I got to be honest. I watched Casey O'Neill. I spent way too much time watching her tape last night. I'm not that impressed, man. I got to be honest. Uh, she does have an unbeaten record, but you got to see the girls she's fighting. They're terrible, dude. They're really bad. Like this Christina Stelio girl, and she's Greek, and I'm Greek, so I should like her, but man, she was so bad in that fight. I don't know, Cole. I got to be honest. I wasn't impressed. Like, I wanted to be impressed because going into this, I'm like, okay, she should smoke Shane Dobson. Undefeated prospect, way younger. But I just didn't like what I saw, man. Like even the last fight, it was only a few months ago. I, I to me, it wasn't impressive. She is able to get takedowns, but I'm telling you, like the girls she's taking down are not good fighters, man. So this is a this is a tough one for me because I was definitely thinking about O'Neill until I actually <laughs> watched more of her fights, and I just wasn't impressed. Having said that, I mean it's not like Dobson's super impressive either. Her record stinks four and four, and the fight she won Agapova. Listen, I got to give her all the credit in the world of coming back and winning. She was losing that fight. Her opponent gassed out. You know, but if you look closer to some of the losses, I mean, they were a little bit more possibly competitive than we think. The problem is the takedown defense is really bad, too. So, you know, I think O'Neill probably could get a takedown. But, you know, if she doesn't finish early, I think she can have an adrenaline dump and, and, and get finished herself just like Egapoma did. This is a tough one to call, Cole. I got to be honest with you. We've, all, we've picked only chalk so far. I do think there's going to be snow upsets on this card. All right, let's do it. Shannon Dobson, picker. Let's do it. Uh, this is this is a fade on what I saw from O'Neill, and I could be wrong because again, a young fighter can get so much better in the gym in just a few months. I I know that, and she could easily go in there and just pull Dobson down and finish her. But I like the camp Dobson's at. I like the training call. I like the coaches. I think they can come in with a good game plan here. So that's my thoughts. But I'm going to watch more tape on Dobson during this week, and I'm going to watch more O'Neill and see if I can see pick up anything more. Right now, I'm going to go lean slightly towards Dobson Cole. And I say that even though I did a podcast yesterday where I took O'Neill and then I changed my mind after because after watching more of her, I just I wasn't too impressed. And uh, the guys doing the podcast with kind of tipped me off on that. All right, next up, we got Julian Arosa against Nate Landwehr. I like this fight too, Cole. Right now, we have uh, essentially a pick em fight uh, one, minus 115 for Arosa, minus 105 for Landwehr. Uh, what's your thoughts on this one? 
I actually like Nate Landry here. I'm surprised he's like that. It is a kind of pick him, but a slight lean towards a Rosa. But I, I like Landry here. Like, I think Julian Rosa, similar to what Shane Dobson, is getting a lot of hype because of his win over Sean Woods. And that one was obviously very impressive. Like, that was a setup fight for kind of Woodson to look good. But this is Rosa's third stint in the UFC. Like, he, this is third stint for a reason. He struggled to win fights in the UFC. He's been cut twice. Like, his first in, um, he was on the ultimate fighter, got knocked out. This guy got knocked out to Artem Lobov in a minute. Like, and Artem Lobov doesn't have a whole lot of knockout power. He then he went over the overseas. And the problem is he gets knocked out a lot. And Nate Landry, I think, has a lot of knock power. He can knock him out. Like uh Julian Rosa knocked him out. Devontae Smith knocked him out. Bobby McTow, the regional seed, knocked him out. Uh Teruto Ishihara, I'm not that high on knocked him out. Artem Lobov, like I mentioned, knocked him out in a minute. Like I question his chin. I think Nate, late, Nate Landwehr has the power where he was going to eventually connect and knock Rose out. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I actually like Landwehr a lot in this fight. I, I think he knocks him out too. Again, watched a lot of fights on Rose. I've already seen him fight a lot. I just wanted to kind of fresh, refresh my memory on him. And it's like, keeps his hands in his waist, keeps his chin in the air, you know, every fight. And he, he did win his last fight. And we'll give him credit for that. He was a big underdog call. It's a great performance. Mm-hmm. Came back and won. That was his second win in the UFC. Overall, two and four in the UFC. Cole. To me, it doesn't seem like he's a guy that can win at this level of the sport. Um, and I guess he did beat Woodson. He, he beat Emery. He's got some decent wins. Don't get me wrong. He does. But I'm telling you, man, like it's it's there's a lot of holes in this guy game. And the biggest problem for me, again, is the chin. Because you look at his record, a lot of knockout losses. Cole. I think he's been knocked out five or six times. Nate Landwar, this guy is a aggressive dude, walks forward, throwing bombs, Good chin as well. He has been dropped a few times. Again, I watched a lot of him. A lot of his M1 fights, man. He was fighting Cole. He was fighting killers in Russia and beating mm-hmm. them, dude, like in their own home country. This dude is not scared, and it cost him. It cost him against Herbert Burns. He he was stupid in that fight. He left. His, he, just, yep. he basically was like, Herbert can't knock me out, and he knocked him with a brutal knee in the clinch. It was brutal. But he looked, I thought, pretty good against Darren Elkins in a close fight. Marcel says he thought Elkins beat Langer. Very close, Marcel. The problem with Elkins is he gets cut open so easily. The judges look at his face. They're like, there's no way he won the round. Like that, It's a lazy way to judge, but I think that's what they're doing. The stats were close in that fight. Anyways, I, I like Landry here, Cole. I, and to be quite frankly, Cole, I think he can finish this fight. I think he can actually knock out uh, Julian Arosa. So I, I like Landry. He's a small dog here, mm-hmm. basically a pick him. I also like the fight uh, not going in the distance, Cole. That's essentially a pick him too. Um, and I, don't, I I like that as well. Uh, I think the fight ends inside the distance. So my pick, Nate Landwehr by knockout. We got Khabib in the chat. What's up, Khabib? <laughs> and I want to get Art's uh, comments. Art says, O'Neal's been fighting for less than two years. We're moving around weight classes to fight fights. You're right. How, having said that, she has been fighting as, a, as an amateur for seven years. So, mm-hmm. you know, and I watched her amateur fights. To me, it wasn't that impressive. But again, she's a young fighter, can improve. But there will be some upsets in the card. There's no way 15 favorites win in this card. There's just no chance. And Dan wasn't too impressed either. Okay, next up, Cole. Eddie Wyland and John Castaneda. Sorry, Cole. By the way, the last fight, Land, where you took knockout or decision? Yeah, knockout. Knockout, okay. Um, Wyland and John Castaneda here. Right now, close odds, Cole. John Castaneda minus 130. Wyland plus 110. Your pick. Call me crazy. I think the old man gets it done. I like Eddie wow. Wyland in this fight. I... Not too impressed with John Kisnada. I don't really understand how he got into the UFC. This guy got into the UFC being one and two in his last three, and then Nathaniel Wood just kind of outclassed him. But whatever, that is Nathaniel Wood. But even in Kabate, like he wasn't fighting that best competition and was losing. If Eddie Wine, and like I know he got knocked out to Sean O'Malley, but that was a setup fight for O'Malley to look good in. 
before that, like knocked out Grigori Popov. And the guy doesn't get, he's hard to finish. And I don't think Casanata has the power to knock him out. And then on the ground, like, I think they're probably pretty similar, but I think Eduan's a bit better of a striker where if he keeps it standing, I think you can just kind of outpoint John Casanata to win a decision. I think this is a close fight for a reason. I got to take a shot on the dog, and I think Eddie Wineland can get it done. Yeah, I'll respect the world view, Cole, on this one. Uh, I think you have an uphill climb, personally. I, I think Eddie Wineland's in, in for uh, a tough night here, personally. Um, you know, let's talk about John Castanati because I have the same question about you with his with his fights, with the fights getting in the UFC. So I watched the fights last night because I wanted to know. I'm like, how did this guy get in the UFC with a one and two record his last two weeks? So the first fight they lost, Levy, Sal, Marukin was the third fight in the same night. He fought three times in one night, lost a close decision. So really, how can you say that's a bad loss? The second loss against Jose Alde, go watch that fight. Go look at the comments on YouTube. It was a horrible, disgusting robbery. It was a horrible robbery. So to me, yeah, he probably lost that Moroccan fight. But again, third fight in the same night. That's Who does that these days? And the other fight was a bad robbery. So to me, like they aren't as bad as they look, Cole. And then Nathaniel Wood fight, he's fighting to me a really good fighter in Nathaniel Wood. I think Nathaniel Wood's great, and he was pretty competitive in that fight. The problem with Eddie Wyland is he's, he's 36, Cole. He barely fights anymore. He's getting chinny a little bit too. Um, I do agree he probably does have the overall better boxing, better striking. I do agree with that. But the chin, I think, is a lot worse. Not only that, Casanova's got good wrestling too, man. I watched a lot of tape on this guy. He has good wrestling. I was happy about that, Cole, to see he mixes it in really well. Now, this is kind of a step up compared to a lot of the guys he fought in the regional scene, but it's a step down from Nathaniel Wood. I think he's going to be ready to go in this fight, Cole. I liked what I saw from Castaneda on the tape. I did. So my pick is going to be Castaneda in this fight, guys. I think he gets it done by decision, just how it works. Violent. Kind of like uh, Perez did a few years ago. Kind of the same fight as that. And we'll take comments from Babelfan, Levy, Moroccan's a legit fighter. Yeah, and that was a close fight. He said Wyland could win this. So, And uh, the opponent for Wood and Short Notice, that's how Castaneda came to UFC. All your points are right, but again, uh, you know, I was glad I actually watched those fights because I, I thought he sucked, I'll be honest. But this is why you have to watch the fights, Cole. You can't just look at a guy's topology. You have to actually look at what happened in the fight. And in this fight, in those fights, I think Castaneda is being a little bit uh, overlooked. So he is a favorite here, Cole, but it's a good price. So I kind of like him here. All right, next up, we've got Jakar Close against Luis Pena. I know Cole really likes this fight. Uh, right now, Cole, Close minus 190. Pena plus 165. You think it's a close fight, or do you think close gets a unanimous decision here? I like Jakar close here. I think Luis Pena is a l- overhyped a lot. Like y- you look at his run in the UFC, like he gets those down in the competition. Mike Trezano loses, loses to Matt Favola. I don't really understand how that Matt Favola fight was a split. I thought Favola won pretty clearly. Same with the Mike Trezano fight. Then he gets submitted to Kama Worthy. Kama Worthy is not a jiu-jitsu guy. And Luis Pena is supposed to be this grappler, and Kama Worthy tapped him out, but. And then look at his win, Steve Garcia decision, uh, third round ground pound of Matt Wyman, like the shell of Matt Wyman, and, and he had to go three rounds with them. And then he beat Steven Peterson, which uh, is an okay win, but that was also a featherweight when Pena weighed like what, like 149, 150 pounds. Like he wasn't even close to making featherweight. I don't know why he ever thought he could go featherweight. I like Chikar Closey. I think he's a lot better striker. I think you can just pick apart Luis Pena. Luis Pena is a long range fight, like six foot three. Like he has a five inch reach advantage in this fight, but he doesn't use it very good. Like that's the thing. Like he doesn't use his reach. Like I think closes can just kind of close the distance and just kind of peg apart Luis Pena. Jakar close doesn't have much finishing power. Like he did rock Benil Darius, but I'll probably just pick Jakar close by decision. Yep. And, ba- and battle fan likes close too. 
Yeah, yeah, I, I gotta go closer too. I just, I don't know if I can bet on him honestly because to me he's been. I know he's got a good record five and two, but uh, he hasn't been that impressive. Cole, he's never got a finish in the UFC. All his fights go the distance. The one fight he didn't, he got finished. Just coming off a bad loss by Naka a year ago to a good fighter. The thing is, Pena doesn't really present that Naka power. Cole, that's why I'm not too worried if the fight stays standing. I think Pena, if anyone, will be looking for takedowns and closest takedown defense is terrible for a guy who's a wrestler. Cole. It's only 33%, so it's it's not good. It's it's just not that great. Um, the guy is uh, is the, on paper the better wrestler but and the better striker. I I don't know. He should win a decision. I just I don't know if I win a better or anything. But Dorrington, he says, close to 50% drafting. DraftKings probably, yeah. Uh, I just don't think he's going to get a finish, though, so I don't think he's a good guy for DraftKings. He also doesn't really hold you on the ground. He's kind of like those guys that outpoint you on the feet. Those are not really good drafting fighters, in my opinion. Although I agree, he will be probably highly owned. Close pain feels like a trap. It could be cool. It could be, and there's going to be some upsets on this card. Cool, like there's no doubt about it. You think is there any way Pena could like take his back or something? Is it possible? I don't know. I think Close has pretty good grappling. Like this guy is hard to finish, but I'm just not too high on Luis Pena. Like I wouldn't be surprised. And Pena taking on short notice too is another concerned for you of why i wouldn't pick him but yeah. i wouldn't be surprised if you won and my apologies earlier i said his takedown defense was was 30 it's actually the other way around his accuracy is 30 percent. his takedown defense is 70 so it's not bad but uh he doesn't really go for takedowns cole he, he's got, even though he has the wrestling advantage he likes to stay in, stay in trade mm-hmm. probably a good matchup for him though so i'm going to go with close i just i don't know kind of a weird fight you can't over hope a guy with a nickname violent bob ross the hype peaks for yourself that being said i got close here for sure I like I like painting. He's got a great nickname too. And uh, my boy Hunter Homestack gave him that nickname over at Flow Combat years ago. Battlefan, if your name is Nathaniel Wood, you don't go ahead and nickname the prospect. You go with Morning Wood. Love it, love it. Daniel says painter by sub worth the stat. It's possible. Like here's the thing: he was a huge favorite the last fight. Cole loses. Now he's a huge dog. That always kind of doesn't that always kind of throw you off a little bit, Cole? Mm-hmm. When like people are like, I'll give you Munar Lazes, great example, right? Huge dog beats. Alessand, huge favorite, gets knocked out. What's he going to be his next fight? I have no freaking clue, man. I'll be honest. Anyways, uh, next fight call, Jared Gordon versus Danny Chavez. We're, getting, we're almost on the prelims here, guys. And this fight right now, Chavez minus 140, Gordon plus 120. Who's your pick? I like Jared Gordon in this fight. I I know he's kind of had those struggles, but looking at his losses, like Diego Ferreira, not a bad loss. That Yoke keeps all fight. He was winning every single minute of that fight until he, I think he tore his his quad or hamstring or something in the fight and he like couldn't even move. So that's kind of why he got knocked out. Like, cause he just couldn't get out of the way, but then losing to Charles Oliveira, like, I don't even know why that fight was ever made. Like, I don't know how that fight even got sanctioned. <laughs> that fight should never have happened ever. But then he came back and looked good against Chris Fishgold. Like I do think Featherweight is where he should be. I did have question marks about his chin at Featherweight, but he did take some good shots against Fishgold and kind of went through it. Chavez does have a lot more power. I wouldn't be surprised if Chavez, knocks out Jared Gordon, but I think Gordon's wrestling is going to be the difference. Like this guy doesn't get tired. Jared Gordon just kind of goes forward the entire time, uses wrestling. I, I, he doesn't have the most dog power. Like I don't think he'll be able to like ground pound Chavez out, but I just think his wrestling, his cardio, his pace is eventually going to wear on Danny Chavez and Gordon's going to edge out a decision. Yeah. I, I got to be honest with I'm on the other side on this one. I really like Danny Chavez in this fight, guys. I was so impressed by his uh, debut. He looked great in that fight as TJ Brown. I know TJ Brown's not a great fighter by any means, but we saw... His number one weapon, which is the kicks. His kicks are nasty. Um, he's got some really nasty low kicks, calf kicks. We know how like important those are right now in the sport. Everyone's using them. This guy uses them really well. And he's been using them for, for years. Again, I watched a lot of uh, fights 
not only that, but like, you know, you look at some of his losses, like, like Jordan Parsons, the first guy I lost to, that guy was a really good prospect who I believe died in a car accident, if I'm not mistaken. He used to fight for Bellator. It's not a bad loss. Jason Soares got tapped out with two minutes left in the fifth. Not really bad loss. The Addy Alex fight worries because I think he got kind of grinded in that fight. So Gordon would probably be looking to do that. But I think his takedowns and his grappling has improved from what I've seen. He also landed four takedowns in the last fight. I think from what I've seen, he does go to his wrestling if he if he has to, he makes it up. And he has knockout power. You know, Cole, all respect to Jared Gordon. What this guy's done in his life is pretty amazing. To uh to go from being quite frankly a drug addict to fighting in the UFC and winning fights at this level of the sport is absolutely phenomenal. So all the credit in the world with Sky Cole. I cannot trust a guy who's lost three of his last five fights by knockout. I can't do it against a guy who hits hard like Chavez. I actually I like Chavez here, guys. By knockout, that's going to be my pick. He's a guy I would be targeting for DraftKings for sure because I think he's going to get his finish here. And if if he doesn't, I think he can put a high output pace for uh, for three rounds. But we'll see. Gordon has more experience. He has the grappling edge on paper, so it'll be interesting to see. All right, cool. Last prelim here: Tom Aspinall gets Andre Arlovsky. Aspinall minus two forty-five. Arlovsky plus two hundred five. You think the dog can come through here? I am so tempted to take a shot on Andre Arlovsky. Like Tom Aspinall should not be this big of a favorite over Andre Arlovsky. Like. Look at who he beat, Jake Collier, when Collier looked like that was the peak heavyweight Collier where he didn't take his shirt off or weigh in. It's like, that's how you know. Like, that was his first fight in forever. And then Alan Bodot, who should have never been in the UFC. I don't even know how he got <laughs> it. The guy got into the UFC after winning, I think, by DQ. Like, I think Aspinall is looking, is overrated. Like, because then look at his record, like 2-0, 6-2, 3-7. and I got DQ'd. And then beat a guy 0 and 0, lost to a guy 8 and 2, beat a guy 3 and 3, 2 and 0, 1 and 1. Like he hasn't fought anyone good. Andre Arlovsky, like his chin for I don't know how has gotten better over the years. Like this is a guy. Um, after that Stipe fight was basically you just had to tap his chin and he'd get put out. Like he lost what five straight fights in a row and four by knockout or three by knockout. Then all this, and then he uh, beats you know B B seven Strube, and then he goes on that losing streak where he is in these close fights. Like he took a split decision, or he lost a split decision against Augustus Sakai. That's a fight a lot of people thought he won. The uh, Wall Paris fight was really close. He did get knocked out of uh, Rosenstruck. Then he goes out there and beats Philippe Lins, Tanner Bozer. That Bozer fight was close. I thought Bozer won, but Arlossi is capable to slow this fight down and really make it close. I think if Asadol can't knock him out, I wouldn't be surprised if Arlovsky takes a decision, but. I just have a hard time picking Andre Arlovsky this stage of career, so I will go Tom Aspinall, but I am staying away from this. Like, I think it's really dog or pass here, but I'm going to bet this fight. i got to show you this quickly. This is too funny. As I remember betting on this fight, it was almost 10 years ago, and I can't believe that. I had so much money in this fight, guys. Look at this, Look at this odds, Cole. <laughs> plus money. <laughs> that rumble of plus money against uh, Arlovsky, and I had... I gave Jeffy and he opened up plus 22 against Jesse Cavalcante. It's crazy what could happen. I remember that fight so well. I, I Listen, I respect Orlovsky, man. The guy has been winning fights that he hasn't really had any business winning, quite frankly. But I really think it's more of those guys he's he's beating. It says more about them than what it says about Andre. Tanner Boser, first off, I thought he won that fight. Second off, it's his faulty loss. He just didn't do enough. Andre did nothing in that fight. How could you say that was a good performance by him? You know what I mean? Like, he, he did nothing, Cole. Um, in the fight before that against Philippe Linz, again, Philippe Linz did really nothing for three rounds, and Olofsky won a point fight. The fight before that, he got brutally KO'd in 20 seconds by Rosenstruck. That's what I think happens here. I think Aspinall, from what I've seen, Aspinall's super aggressive, huge hands, 
Walks forward, throws bombs, very accurate with the strikes. I like what I see from Tom Aspinall. Having said that, as much as I want to bet it, I'm scared too because Arlovsky pulls off these ugly, shitty decisions, Cole. And you're like, how did he win this fight? The Ben Rothwell fight too, another fight, Cole. I thought for sure he's going to get his head knocked off by Rothwell. And he goes in there and has an amazing performance. So the guy has these great performances once in a while. I don't think this is going to be it. I think Aspinall knocks his block off. But you are risking a little bit by betting on Tom Aspinall in this fight and betting against Andre Arlovsky. I would rather probably take Aspinall inside the distance than to pick the price. Minus 125. I'd rather have that call because I, I don't think he wins a decision this fight. I don't think this fight goes past the first round. If it does, it's going to be Orlovsky winning the decision. Khabib says he likes Orlovsky. Daniel Evers, don't worry about the odds. Aspinall and Anaka, feints and leg kicks won't get Orlovsky through this one. Aspinall and Tessa, but it seems to have size and power at 12 with Orlovsky. Yeah, sorry, I, I should have mentioned that. I had some more notes here. Aspinall, is, he's six foot five and he has a huge reach too. Um, all his wins are by first round knockout. That's the, that's the problem though, Cole. What happens if he gets out of the first round? You know, we saw with Vieira last week, Rodolfo Vieira, Cole, uh, a one-trick pony that got out of the first round. Does Aspinall even have a ground game? He has been finished on the ground before. Arlovsky actually does have some submissions. Like, who knows? I, I got I to stick to my gut, though. My gut's saying Aspinall went knockout. But my gut's been wrong with Arlovsky many times. Guy knows how to win these ugly decisions, Cole. Art says lay the juice. Aspinall's better everywhere. Haven't seen how good his cardio is, but he's got a black belt. Olaf has to hold Aspinall against Cage three rounds. And I don't think he does that. Aspinall's a beast. I also, he had that interview call with like the Bash the other day. Super confident. Like he's he's ready to go. I think he gets the job done here. All right, next up, we got the main card, Cole. That's the prelims. I don't know. Cole, why is that on the main card? How is that on the main card? I think card? it is a main card. I think it's a main card. Okay, I'm just looking at topology. I hope it's on the main card. All right, Nazardine, Imavov against Phil Hodge, Cole. Right now, very, very close odds, Cole. Um, Imavov, plus 105, Phil Hodge, small favorite, minus 125. Your pick. Yeah, we, my pick doesn't change what we broke down a, a couple of weeks ago. I still like Phil Hawsey. I think his wrestling is going to be the difference where I think I'm not too sure if Phil Hawes will be able to knock at Imovov. I don't even pay any attention to Imovov's UFC debut. Like that Jacob Malkoon guy should not have been in the UFC, but Imovov definitely has the capabilities just to grind Phil Hawes out and kind of just win an ugly decision. But I think Phil Hawes' wrestling will be able to keep it staying. I think Hawes is the much better striker where even if he can't get the knockout, he'll just kind of uh, outstrike Imovov. I do worry about Phil Hawes' gas tank though. Like I wouldn't be surprised if he wins the first two rounds and the third round, like Imovov's on the could 10 eight them or finish them, but I'll take Phil Hawes here. I think my pick doesn't really change, but it's definitely a fight where I wouldn't be surprised if you involve one. I can't remember what I picked last time. I might have picked Hawes. I honestly can't remember. It's it's been what a month or something. Yeah. You know, I gotta be honest, if I did, it's my picks probably switched now. It's a close fight. I mean, the odds are obviously pick them for essentially a reason, but uh I'm gonna go with Imovov a little bit cool. And here's the reason why. Um Hawes is impressive, physically is impressive. Don't don't doubt it about it. And I sent Cole this video last night of this one fight he had. He the take Cole that takedown he landed. Like, mm -hmm. have you ever seen a faster takedown? Like the guy is a beast. Like we know that he's got one round of cardio though. That's the biggest problem, Cole. Like look at his resume. All his wins are in the first round. I don't think he's won a fight. Okay, his first debut, his debut fight in 2015, 2014, he won in the second round. All his other wins are in the first round. And if he gets out of the first round, he loses. The Julian Marquez fight's a great example of that, Cole. Winning that fight, dominating Julian Marquez in the first round, huge adrenaline dump, huge gas dump, brutally knocked out with a head kick. One of the worst I've ever seen. Horrible knockout, like brutal. He has looked amazing since then, five straight wins, and against okay competition, not great, decent. 
It's just that, like, Jacob Malkoon, I feel like that was the worst thing that could have happened to him, Cole. I gotta be honest. Fighting a guy for 18 seconds, he was supposed to win. I don't think that's a good thing. It wasn't a benefit. It would have been more beneficial if he fought someone for 15 minutes or something, in my opinion. That fight was a, it was a, a joke. I, mm-hmm. I have a lot of questions about Phil Haas. I gotta be honest with you. I have less about Imovov, surprisingly. I like what I see from this guy, man. He's a beast. He's huge, 6'3". He's a big dude for this weight. He, he's a little bit shorter with the reach than Haas, but overall, he's, he's younger. He's eight years younger as well. Um, the guy's on a nice win streak, six-fight win streak. He's looked good, well-rounded everywhere, in my opinion. Decent striking, not great. Haas has the striking advantage. I would definitely agree with that. But overall, I think Imovov is just a little bit more well-rounded, and I think he has better defense too. So, yes, Haas can get him out there in the first round, but I think Imovov is a little bit more solid, and I think he wins this fight. My decision. Dan Weber is is wide open for the overhand right. It gets backed up. He's enough for a guy like Haas. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And he likes Haas in the second round. Battle fan. Imovavers Haas. Second fight main card. Dan Weber's Alves main card originally. Yeah. And then uh, Daniel says about Vier. Wanted him sorting out of Vegas for the poor guy. Cramped up out there. That was hard to watch, man. I've never seen a guy's body get like frozen like that, Cole. And he was talking about it. He's like, I have no idea what happened. It was a good weight cut. Just huge adrenaline dump, Cole. Uh, Cole, we got what? 50 minutes to break down these last four fights. Alexi Olnick, one of Cole's absolute favorites against Chris Dawkins. Dawkins right now, minus 170, Olenek plus 150. You taking the old man, Cole? I have to go with Chris Dawkins. I just don't trust Olenek's turn, but I there's basically two ways this fight goes. Olenek submits to Chris Dawkins, or Chris Dawkins knocks out Alexi Olenek. I think this fight ends probably pretty quickly. Olenek has terrible cardio, but I mean, you can't really blame him. The guy's 40, what, 43? Yeah. And this is his 75th professional MMA fight. That is absolutely crazy. Like, you have to respect the guy. And the guy has pulled off wins recently. Like, although we got knocked out of Derek Lewis last time out, that first round, he could like just held Lewis down with threatening submissions. And Lewis was just so much stronger. He just kind of got up somehow. But it's definitely an interesting fight. Like, we saw with Maurice Green, like, he has the capability to submit guys. Fabricio over Doom, like, he can do enough. But then that Walt Harris fight, like, uh, Alistair Overeem, like it's either he gets knocked out or he submits someone. I think maybe you just play both props, like an Alexia Linux by submission, Chris Dawkins by Naga, just kind of just gotta protect yourself. But I'll pick Dawkins. I think he's like physically stronger where he can stuff the takedowns. And I think Olenek, it only takes about one or two punches and he kind of goes out of the stage of his career. Yeah, I mean, Linux, listen, he is the more experienced guy. He actually has a longer reach too in this fight. The problem is he doesn't use his reach. We know that he likes to stand. Uh, on the feet just to confuse you to get a takedown, basically. That's all he's trying to do in this fight. There's no way... I mean, he has stood in trade in a few fights, like the the uh, fight with for Doom. He kind of outstruck him in that fight, I guess. But in general, we know what he's trying to do. He's trying to get you to the ground. I don't think that's going to happen here. Chris Dawkins, again, I actually... I kind of wanted to pick Olenek, Cole, based on the odds, because I think, you know, Olenek's a guy you got to respect a little bit more than what the odds say, generally. There's not there's nothing to like about him in this fight, Cole. This is Dawkins' fight. I think Chris Dawkins knocks out Olenek in the first round, Cole. I gotta be honest. This guy has great boxing, great boxing, and huge power. But he's he really is a great boxer. Like the the ones he's had in the UFC were impressive. Even the ones in the regional scene, the guy is very very good with his hands. He has been finished before on the ground and on the feet, so it's obviously a worry. It's heavyweight, but for what I've seen, the guy is the guy's a good prospect, man. Him and his brother, I like them both. This guy's also like a freaking cop in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Like that's as tough as it gets, Cole. I think, and I think he's a black belt on the ground too. So I think he'll be able to match Olenek a little bit. Might get tapped, but listen, Cole, if Olenek couldn't tap out Lewis. That really does kind of hurt me a little bit. And I had Olenek in that fight. I know Lewis doesn't have much of a neck though. So could be a different matchup. But yeah, Chris Dawkins by knockout. 
at first I wasn't going to play him, but the more I think about this one, I think I might have to end up playing him by knocker at least. Because, Cole, I don't think this fight gets on the first round. What's Dawkins in the first round? Dawkins round one plus 150. Yeah, I think that's how it ends. Don't like the odds, though. I wish they were a little bit better. All right, Cole, three fights left. Derek Minner against Charles Rosa. Right now, Rosa minus 190, Minner plus 165. Give your pick. Yeah, interesting fight. I think this basically... I, I like Charles Rosa here. I don't really see a path to victory for Derek Minor. Like you look at Minor's fights, he smits guys in the first round. I don't think you can really smit Charles Rosa. Bryce Mitchell couldn't smit Charles Rosa over three rounds. I don't really think Derek Minner can. Derek Minner kind of is that guillotine guy. Like he he just goes on bad wrestlers leaving their neck out and he hops on it. Well, what's kind of interesting in this fight is I was looking at it. So fight doesn't go the distance is minus two fifteen. But then Minner inside the distance is plus 325, yeah. and Rosa inside the distance is plus 105. Yeah. I think you just play them both. I don't yeah. see the fight hitting the scorecards. And then it's still plus money. So even if Rosa wins, you, you make a small profit. Obviously, if Minner wins, it's going to be in that first round. I think Minner gassed himself out in the first round, can't get the finish, and Char Rosa either submits him or ground pound TKOs him out. But I don't see how this fight hits the scorecards, but I like Charles Rosa here. I wish this guy spelled his name properly. Derek with a D-A. It's so weird. Like, I'm, I'm really doing the article. I'm like, Derek? Like, it's such a weird spelling. Anyways, I, uh, you know, this is an interesting fight. I actually like this fight a lot. I'm glad it's on the main card because I think it's going to be really exciting. My initial thoughts was Rosa should win this fight because he does have you know, pretty solid submission defense. Never been tapped out as a pro. He has been tapped out as an amateur, but never as a pro. Um, the guy looked good in his last fight against Aguilar where he kind of sprawled and brawled his way to win in that mm -hmm. fight. He looked decent. At lightweight, to be fair. But, you know, and I know he was able to go the 50 minutes with Bryce Mitchell, Cole, but the fact he was on the ground for, like, basically the whole 50 minutes in a bad position the whole time, Bryce Mitchell won that fight 30-24. That scares me, Cole. Because if Derek Minner gets a takedown early in this fight, which I think he can, quite frankly, I think he gets them out of there by, by submission in the first round. Um, again, there's going to be some dogs that win in this card. Rosa, if he gets out of the first round, wins this fight probably by decision or maybe a stoppage even on Minner. Probably a stoppage, actually. Cole. I don't think this fight goes distance. But Minner is so underrated, in my opinion. I got to be honest, Cole. I think people really overlook this guy because his record's not that great, 25 and 11. But basically, all the 25 wins are first-round submissions. This guy is really nasty in the first round. And if you look closer at his record, almost all of his losses are to guys currently in the UFC. He is pretty underrated, in my opinion. I actually think he could, could finish Rosa. And I know it's surprising because Rosa went 15 minutes and, and my head saying he can evade the submissions. I feel like there's a reason the UFC put, put this fight together. I think Derek Minner gets overlooked. He just beat TJ Laramie in an amazing upset. The guy is amazing on the ground call. There's going to be a few upsets. I'll take a shot on, on Minner, plus 165, um, by first-round sub. And I, I like it, Cole. Plus 325 for a finish. Even if you think Rosa will win, that's a great hedge. That is a great hedge. Daniel says Rosa might win decision. Minner's been training to go longer in fights. He's training with uh, James Cross. Right, yeah. Yeah. Uh, allegedly to go longer in fights. This guy I is. I think so, Cole. I think it, I think it ends early. This I think guy is over 30 fights, and he's proven he has five minutes of cardio. I don't really know what a three-month training camp with James Cross, how much he can really change. Listen, guys, we all said the same thing about the, the fight with TJ Laramie. We all said that's how it was going to go, and we saw what happened. This guy, if he gets to the ground, and he does, almost every fight he gets to the ground, Cole, he's so dangerous on the ground. Yep. You're right. He's like one of those guillotine guys. He just locked. He's like Cody McKenzie, but a way better version, kind of. Like, there's these guys. T. Quinn Jang was another guy. You get your neck years ago. I like Minner. Okay, Cole, two fights left. Kalen Vieira against Yana Kuniskaya. Right now, we got uh, Vieira minus 265. Yana plus 225. Who do you like? 
Yeah, I don't really expect much of this, but I think Kim Vieira is just going to kind of grind up Yannick and his Kai against the fence and just kind of win a decision. Vieira is someone I like to fade. I took the shot on Marina Aldana. I didn't. I don't think Vieira is as good as everyone thinks. Like that Katzingano, she won split decision, and then she was this massive favorite over like a year and a half later against Irene Aldana, and Aldana knocked her out, and then she beats Jara Eubanks. Like uh, Eubanks, Eubanks is someone like I still can never pick her fight. I think she's going to win. She loses. I think she's going to lose. She wins, but. Kunitskaya, like, history's kind of showing itself when she fights these strong, like, these stronger girls. She just kind of loses, like, Aspen Ladd, Chris Cyborg, Avenger. Like, uh, she has a hard time against these wrestlers, these grapplers. But I think Kaylin Beer is just going to be able to take her down, kind of hold her up against Kench, uh, hold her up against Fence, just kind of win a boring decision. Yeah, no, I, I, dude, I definitely like Beer in this fight. I like her a lot. Um, I think she wins uh, probably by decision. You know, it could be, it could be a finish, but, uh, Probably decision here. Yana is pretty tough, durable in general. The thing is, Yana has got to win by getting takedowns. And Vieira has excellent takedown defense. I think it's going to be Juno have a huge problem getting to the ground. On the feet, Vieira, bit of a bigger fighter, longer fighter, younger fighter, better striker. I know she got knocked about Aldana. It's a different fight. Yana doesn't have power on the feet, in my opinion. Um, I like Yana. Seems cool. Like her and Tiago. It's a cool couple and everything. But uh, don't like the matchup for a call. Also, this is a really weak co-main event. Come on. This is a bad co-main event. I don't know why you don't have one of the heavyweight fights in it. Terrible. It should have been Tom Aspinall or Chris Dawkins. Give a prospect of a shine. What like Vera, I guess maybe they dude, maybe she gets the title shot with this win. Maybe that's what the plan is. Give her a man in Like there really isn't anyone else for her to fight, Cole. And she is ranked highly. Okay. Main event time, Curtis Blades, Derek Lewis. Uh right now, Curtis Blades, minus four hundred, Lewis plus three twenty five. Who's your pick? I like Curtis Blades. I think he'll just going to wrestle Derek Lewis probably, and then eventually get a hold of the neck to bit Derek Lewis or ground pound mode. I think it's going to be similar to that Cormier fight where Lewis just has a hard time stuffing the takedowns and eventually he will get up a couple times, but then eventually just kind of gives up or not gives up, but just kind of like uh, allows the position just kind of try to work off his back. But I think Curtis blades, even if Lewis gets up five times in a row, blades is still going to shoot his cardio. I think is better than Derek Lewis. Like, I, I do worry about Derek Lewis cardio over five rounds, but I like Blades here, probably by submission or Grand Pontigo, but you can't count out Derek Lewis. Like, this guy just needs one shot, and we've seen Curtis Blades get knocked out before. Yeah, that's the thing. Everyone's kind of, like, just assuming Curtis Blades wins this fight, and he should win. I mean, on paper, obviously, he's the better fighter, better wrestler. That's no doubt about it. The guy's incredible. He averages seven takedowns per 50 minutes. Like, he gets you to the ground. Here's the problem, Cole. What happens if he gets tired, if he can't get the finish? What happens if the fight stays on the feet? Who has the advantage? Derek Lewis, no doubt about it. Here's the thing about Derek Lewis. He is a hard guy to bet against, I think, because mm-hmm. even the fights where you think he's going to get destroyed, somehow he wins these ugly split decisions. Or he comes back in the third or fourth round and knocks him out. The guy's got this incredible ability to come back late and win. It worries me. So, yes, everyone's putting blades in their parlays from what I've seen. I, I got to be honest, Cole, I don't think I can. I gotta stay away from this one. I believe I'm still picking Blades, guys. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I I never, a- I'm not. You cannot lay minus four hundred against Derek Lewis. Yeah, my picks will be Blades. I think he gets him to the ground, beats him up. What do you think? Call TKO, ground pound. Yeah, I think he finishes somehow, either ground pound TKO or just submits. I'm like some people are saying submission. Yeah, I mean that's something to keep in mind. What's the prop on that? Let's see. Uh, blades by sub. I don't think it's out there, is it? Oh, Blades by sub plus four hundred. That's bad odds. Even plus one twenty five. You know, if anything, inside the distance at minus 180 is a much better bet, I think, than him minus 400. I, again, guys, I don't – like, there's there's 15 fights in this card. There's, like, 10 fights with pick-em-odds. Why bet on this fight with minus 400, Cool. 
it seems kind of like an unnecessary risk, in my opinion. He probably does win, guys, but you know how many times I've been on Lewis and he's come back and won in the third round by knockout call? Like, it's it's crazy, you know? So we'll see. And then Daniel says, main event, Olympic fight, not go the distance parlay. <laughs> I just checked the odds on that. Dawkins, Olympic, doesn't go the distance call, minus 525. So that's, uh, I don't think that one goes the full five. Um, what about Lewis by knockout? You think it's a possibility at all? I think you could put a small thing on it and just kind of... You know of... what? I'm actually looking at it. Lewis himself is 325. Knockout's only plus 350. So there's really no extra well... value. Yeah, I wouldn't even touch it. All right. I think that's it for the preview, guys. I'm going to take Marcus's question. Marcus is here, and he's got a really good question. I actually like to get uh, Cole's thoughts on this one. What are your thoughts on ESPN's statement in Ariel Hawani's defense against Dana White's douche comment? Okay, so just to get some context here, we did talk about this a little bit yesterday with Marcel. Basically, uh, Gina Carano, former Strike Force fighter, former Elite XC fighter, she had a comment uh, or a picture on her Instagram. Very uh, just bizarre, anti Semitic comment from what I've seen. Some people are saying it's not anti Semitic. From what I saw, how could it not be? Ariel was clearly offended. He put out the 10 minute video where he basically explained why it was a problem. Gina Carano got fired from Mount Lore. I think that might have been before the, the Ariel thing. Anyways, Dana White came out. He said Ariel's a douchebag. And Ariel got like a bunch of people from ESPN tweeting about him saying like, you know, he's a great coworker and stuff. And, and Dana White and all these fans are going after the guy now. And now ESPN came up with a statement saying, you know, we stand by our reporter. What's your thoughts, Cole? The, the statement really <laughs> wasn't much. Like the, all they said was we stand with Ariel. Like it was one sentence. It wasn't, they waited a couple of days for it. Like I was expecting some, like, like so many people reached out to them. They said no comment at this time. Like, and then that was their statement. You could have sent that out when the first person asked. Like, Dude, it's it, like a 10 year old kid could have wrote that statement. <laughs> yeah. It just said, we stand with Ariel. He's a great reporter. Oh, yeah. Okay. Dude. I, 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 okay. First off, I know Ariel for 10 years. I, yeah. I like, I respect the guy. I mean, he's the best journalist we've ever seen in the sport. There's no doubt about it. The guy is, he's helped make the sport where it is. Like yep. he's played a huge role in the sport. So I respect him. He got called a douche, dude. Who cares? Like, how is this even a story? They came out, they wrote a statement because the guy called, called a douche. I would have laughed if Dana called him. I would have been like, yes, Dana thinks I'm a douchebag. That's awesome. I don't know, Cole. That to me, like, I would have sent the clip to all my friends. I know. I mean, like, look, they know who I am. No, I'm kidding. You know, listen, the, I think it's more the anti Semitic stuff that Gina posted. Everyone was very upset about that. No problem with that at all. I mean, the guy has his right to be offended by that, especially as a Jewish man, quite frankly. So, no, no problem with that. I just feel like, you know, the statement wasn't much of a statement, Cole. And I don't know. The guy, It's not like something, like, you got to look at the comments. I, I looked at the comments. People were like, what happened? What happened? Like, Dana White called him a douchebag. They're like, that's it? That's why they came with the statement? So to me, it's like, it, listen, Dana's a bully. We all know that. Dana's, dude, he's a bully. We all know that. He called Loretta Hunt the C-word. Loretta Hunt was one of the best journalists to ever cover the sport. She got bullied. She's still doing a little bit. I'm going to talk to her soon, actually. She's great. But she got bullied out by Dana White, you know, Cole? He said much – to me, calling a woman the C-word is much worse than calling some dude a douchebag. What do you think? So to me, it's like – I don't know. I, I I like Ariel a lot. I'm not saying this is even really him. The other people are the – like Jeff Passan came out with this really bizarre, weird tweet saying like, you know, I love Ariel. Happy Valentine's Day, man. Like, got your back. And I'm like, it's kind of weird. Like, I don't know, Cole. If I got called a douche call, I, I really wouldn't expect people to be standing up for me. I think they would just laugh at it, but it is what it is. Hopefully, hopefully, uh, hopefully we can move on from this. I, it all stems back from the Brock Lesnar thing from like UFC 200 call where Ariel broke the fight with Mark Hunt. Dana was pissed. It's all stems from that. You got 30 seconds, Cole. Plug your stuff. 
Twitter, Oxygen 91, the show's Olenek, Dawkins, Gordon, Close. Uh, Fighter picks for the main event, talk to Charles Ozan. I did this cool story, talked to Jose Caceres yesterday, the only man to beat Kamaru Usman, kind of broke down how that fight went out and how it even came together. Yeah, great, great story, great idea for a story. At MM Adam Martin Podcast, MAOddsBreaker.com, so our YouTube, bunch of places, EJPen.com, MARings.net, uh, MyMAnews.com, Cole. I got uh, some other stuff in the pipeline, hopefully I can announce it this week. I'll be back on Thursday, 10 a.m., guys. Hope you enjoyed the break.